Welcome, everyone, to 2023 season episode 26 of the Team Blaney podcast. My name is Adam Rogers, and alongside me is co-host Steve Mez. As always, this podcast is brought to you by fans for fans. Steve and I have been following the drivers of the Blaney Racing family for two decades, and Team Blaney itself launched on social media in 2014. Now, each weekly episode of the podcast offers an in-depth analysis of Ryan Blaney's latest NASCAR Cup Series race, plus news notes and a lineup of special guests all throughout the year. This week, we break down the number 12 team's run in the High Point 400 this past weekend at Pocono Raceway. Steve, welcome back to episode 26, fresh off this race out there in the Pocono Mountains, the Poconos, uh, one mm-hmm. of your favorite places, one of your favorite tracks, mm-hmm. one of your favorite memories. And uh, <laughs> man, place was packed and the racing excitement again i hate saying this is the top of the show despite what happened uh, with our with our favorite team there uh, i feel like the racing excitement and the race itself and the action and drama uh pretty much delivered this week and outside of the arca race there was no weather yeah pretty good uh pretty good weekend for the staying dry um yeah your host at the most in the poconos pocono raceway uh they um <laughs> <laughs> they teed it up on Sunday and uh, man, we had a lot of excitement with some of these restarts and they had a lot of restarts after a while, but uh, really except for the mechanical issue, we're going to talk about in a little bit um, really good race, really well done weekend. You know, they put together the speed and uh, they moved up quickly. They put themselves in position. The strategy calls were awesome. Um, you know, I, I know that, you know, some people want stage points and it's uh, usually a good idea, but we've got the win in the bag. So we know we're in the playoffs and, uh, this was one of those races. If you're going to try to win the race, you had to, you had to pit at certain times and they, uh, executed those pit stops really, really well. Um, even with the, uh, we'll talk about some adversity with the pit crew, uh, this past weekend, even, and they did a great job, uh, with the, with the fill-in guys. So, um, you know, except for what we're like I said, we're going to talk about a mechanical issue that is a gremlin that um, you really can't do much about. It happens every once in a great while. Uh, glad to see that happen now and not uh, in the next couple of months when we really don't want anything like that to happen. Um, so, you know, I take a positive weekend, even though, it, you know, it's not a positive finish or a positive points day. It's funny that this you mentioned the restarts and starts of the races going into this week after some shenanigans that's been happening in the truck series and Xfinity series and a little to a cup a little bit of an extent. Um, NASCAR said they were going to send out like a pretty stern worded warning out to the race teams about, Mm -hmm. you know, stop messing around on restarts, you know, stay in line, keep it clean. (laughs) And then quit lagging. Lagging is the big thing. thing. uh, Immediately. yeah, go ahead. I say Ryan actually makes a comment. And I'll have it in the in the notes here. I think uh, where uh, somebody was lagging on one of the, one of his restarts. So yeah, yeah. And they um, immediately though in the Xfinity race and the Truck Series race, big crashes on on restarts. Guys were lagging behind. There's actually one restart. Um, you know, some people love Parker Klingerman because of you know his TV personality and stuff, but he is an extremely aggressive guy in the race car. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. they followed Klingerman for a restart. 
And boy, he almost like a full car length lag behind. And I was like, well, that uh, message didn't seem like it got out, got out there to everybody because there are big crashes on these restarts. I mean, even the cup race, what, how many in a row to start yeah. to start this thing off? Uh, yeah, people sure. crashed over and over again. So it's just um, it's unfortunate, but it didn't uh, didn't scar the weekend. I don't think so. I think across all three series, uh, it was a pretty great weekend. I can say, man, I know our our buddy josh williams who filled in as a spotter for the seven car this week because chase elliott was in the race so that he took away his spotter uh eddie DeHaunt from justin allgaier so josh actually got to step in and, and spot for justin allgaier this week and it's kind of disaster struck in uh all three well disaster in the first two and then an unfortunate mechanical problem in the third race so hopefully josh can shake off this weekend and, and move on to richmond next week and look for look for some wins or or something better for sure. Yeah. 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 Not, none of it was his, of his doing. He, no, know, no. Uh, <laughs> as a matter of fact, both guys uh, really didn't have the, the crashes and had nothing to do with anything they could do. As a matter of fact, Josh could not um, in the truck race really couldn't get Zane was just in a bad, bad spot when everything happened. I mean, Josh, Josh gave him direction, but it was just too, he was just too close to it. Um. so, yeah, things like that. Yeah. You know, Josh, uh, Josh does the best he can but to help these guys. But, uh, you know, there's sometimes there's just nothing you can do. You know, he got, as a matter of fact, I think it was Zane's situation. He hurried up and get out of the, hurry up and get out of the car. Hurry up and get out of the yeah. car. You're on fire. On you're fire. on fire. You know, he's, he's telling me you're clear. You're clear. You're clear. He's trying to tell him where to go or what to do. And, uh, Zane, Zane got down to the left-hand side, got down off the track and quickly got out of the truck. And that, that's the best thing you can see in that situation. Um, you know, so, I mean, that's, that, and, and Josh will tell you, that's number one, job number one is safety more than anything else. That's why he's there. So, um, yeah, he tried, tried to get him through there, but once, once he couldn't get through it, um, the, the truck caught fire and, and Josh hurried up and got him off the track, made sure he knew it was on fire and got him out of there. Yeah. Scary situation. So let's talk about the 12 teams weekend, which, you know, uh, they ended up with a good car. Uh, by the time they got into the race, but uh, let's talk a little bit about practice and qualifying because yeah. practice kicked off, man. Yeah, it was a little concerning. Yeah, it's it's it it is, but it isn't. Um, we know now through experience and watching, uh, especially these uh, with what they do at Penske and what Jonathan does with setup, is that uh, they may try something and throw it against the wall and see if it sticks. You know, uh, so yeah, he's in Ryan's in Group A and two laps in, uh, way off. Uh, just, you know, a couple seconds, a lap off and, uh, oh, they come in right away, uh, too loose, you know? So, um, they don't come back out till, I don't know, it's less than 10 minutes to go in, in the session. And, um, he, he jumps it all the way up to P2 when he comes back out. So whatever, I could, like breathe. I said, whatever, I could breathe then. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay, everything's fine. Yeah, but uh, but uh, like I said, I think they do it. No, no, I want to say on purpose, but on purpose. I think they try some things. They build in some adjustability. They know that if it doesn't work out right, they can hurry up, come in and fix it. Um. So yeah, I mean, he, you know, and the eleven car was super fast in that session too. He ran his fastest lap ten laps in. So that told you there wasn't going to be a lot of tire fall off either. Um. Once they do come back out of there, you know, and they run that lap, Jonathan tells them to run it all the way to the end. Um, the 11 and the 16 get to be first and second fast. Ryan is like P4. But then again, like I said, Ryan on his 11th lap goes back, all the way back up to P2. 
Um, he runs about 12 laps here, but uh, it's the 11, the 12, 23, 16, and the six are the fast five in that group. Uh, in group B's practice, uh, the 45, the 8, 24, the 5, and the 19. Um, you know, and, you know, you combine them. Uh, I think Ryan would have been like 11th fastest if you combine the two groups. Once again, uh, NBC will split them up, but then like uh, the app will put them together. So it's kind of e- a little bit easier to keep track of like where they are compared to everybody else. Um, so Ryan goes out in group A. He goes out 14th out of 17. Um, 38 spins in, in qualifying his qualifying lap. Um, Ryan is up to P4 with five people to go. Um, so it just doesn't look too good there. Um, he ends up P7. I mean, 53.425 is a really good lap. Um, and uh, let's see, the 23, the 11, the 20, the 2, and the 22 are the five that go on to pull qualify there. Group B, the 9 spins it out. Um, 45, the four, the 24, uh, 19. And what was that? Was it seven in there as the fast five? Cause I believe they said the seven finally made it to, uh, to a pole qualifying there. Thought they said, um, Ryan ends up starting 14th here and 24 gets the pole. Um, so we go to Sunday and, uh, it's 30 laps, 90, uh, 95 and 160. Uh, seven sets of tires, a fuel run of about 36 to 40 laps. Um, so except for that first segment, uh, you know, and like I said, racing this like a road course is interesting because it, uh, you're going to go to get in your fuel windows and then come in, not look at the stage breaks. Um, and you can do a pit stop and not lose the lead lap. So that's, that's what a lot of these guys are doing. Um, pit stall 14 has the 41 in front of him and open behind him. And then we get the news that uh, there's going to be a pit crew change. And um, uh, Ryan uh, Flores had uh, an emergency surgery on Saturday night. So um, we wish him well. We hope uh, he gets healthy soon. Um, he'll be back, um, you know, as soon as he's healthy enough to come back. Uh, but what a scary thing to have to go through. Um, you know, just, I can't imagine. I've had health scares myself before, you know, going go to the hospital and then finding out you need to have surgery, emergency surgery, you know, is, uh, and uh, we get um, Joe Dilly ends up filling in. Um, I'm not really sure which team we've pulled Joe from because uh, I know they supply uh, a couple of, a couple of the other four teams uh, besides the Penske teams. Uh, yeah. Front at row, least the 21 and, and one of, at least one of the front row cars. Front row about teams. Both, so, but yeah. so Joe, uh, Joe ends up being our fill in guy for the day. Um, and actually I guess he's going to fill in until, till, till uh, Ryan, uh, Flores comes back. Um, we have two spotters uh, for this race. Uh, Josh, of course, is is, is the spotter, and, and but uh, this track, the way the track is designed, um, the spotter stand where it's at, they lose sight of things going into turn one. So Mule, I, I don't know where exactly they position him. I believe somewhere in the infield area where he can face turn one and see all the cars in turn one. Um, but, uh, mule actually spots turn one, this whole race and does a fabulous job. Cause you know, as we see during the race, turn one is where all the action happens on these restarts. Um, <laughs> right after the command, uh, Jonathan gets on and tells Ryan saving fuel. And uh, this is, he doesn't even have to say it as the day goes on. Cause every time there's a, uh, any kind of stoppage, any kind of caution, you know, it's fuel saving mode, shut it off, turn it on, shut it off, turn it on. Um, 
on our initial start here, uh, 24 starts with the high lane. Uh, Ryan gets all the way up to 11th in the first lap from 14th. By lap three, he passes the 45, he's up to 10th. And lap five, we get a caution for uh, the 15 car spinning in two. Uh, Jonathan, of course, we're staying out. Uh, leader takes the top on this first one. Ryan from 10th takes the top, and they restart lap 11. Uh, passes the two car, gets to ninth. Uh, the 22 takes the lead at this point, uh, showing that uh, the Penske Ford's got some speed. Uh, lap 12, he passes the 45, gets to eighth. At lap 20, um, I've got him a little over a second back of seventh place here and about four seconds off of Joey. Um, and they kind of like, it's, it's within a tenth here and there every lap. They don't really kind of, they get strung out there. Um, then at lap 27, they start doing some pitting with three to go. Ryan comes in and it's a four tire stop. I think this ends up being the pit stop of the week. It was like 10.25 seconds, something like that. And mind you, it's not sub 10, but once again, all these pit stops to on, on Sunday were about fuel. Um, yep. It takes longer to fuel the car than it does change the tires. Um, three cars end up staying out during this pit cycle. And, uh, we get to the end of the stage at lap 30, the 22 wins the stage. Ryan uh, ends up 27th. So this is kind of going to, you know, now you're going to have a bunch of cars pit during the, the stage break. So after no. everyone else pit, it's, I was going to say, you mentioned like at the top of the show about people maybe being upset with the strategy, not understanding the strategy. I think the play here, short pit, and they're actually trying to hit like a certain number of pit stops. Like they only want to make, mm-hmm. Three or four, I forget three. what it is. Maybe three it's pit three, stops three. in the whole race. Mm-hmm. If everything goes perfectly and cautious fall the right way, and your engine can last the whole race, um, that's how that's what the um, the the goal was, at least. So you're going to sacrifice stage points, or at least opportunity for stage points, in an effort mm-hmm. to put you in the best position for a win. Um, like you said, we already have a win in the bank, so. Um, it's the best opportunity is to go out there and win more races than necessarily try to gather stage points at this point. So, um, I mean, I like the strategy. There's a lot of other cars that were on that. There are several that were on it that made it to the end and had a shot mm-hmm. to win the race, despite all the shenanigans and things that happens in the closing lap. So that's kind of why this happens. Yes. Yeah, you, you, people don't understand like, Oh, you're running so well. Why would you sacrifice that? But trying to sacrifice for the greater good. And, um, you know, as we find out, as we go through this, the strategy was perfect. Um, obviously, uh, what ends up happening to the vehicle is a whole nother story, but the strategy was perfect because it worked, you know, and it, if uh, things have played out a little differently, it'd have been real interesting to see how that went. Um, so after everyone else pits, like he's P five, it's the 24, the five, the four, the 20 and the 12, um, the first car that pitted during this cycle will be starting from P 14. That's the 11 car. Um, the leader is the 24 takes the top Ryan takes the bottom here restarting at lap 36 uh we get a caution of one for the 22 the 99 being involved the 23 and 34 may have taken some damage here um ryan's up so to fourth now the, on the opposite end of the strategy the 22 mm-hmm. stayed out to go for a playoff point so there's kind of two different things so if ryan was maybe leading this race maybe they do stay out and maybe it changes the way that they were they were thinking that was especially when um 
I don't know if this would change with Jonathan, but when Todd Gordon was a crew chief and he saw that carrot of a playoff point for winning mm-hmm. a stage out there, that's one of the reasons why Ryan has won so many stages in his career. Um, Todd would always go for that. Mm-hmm. And um seems like, you know, that's kind of what Joey ended up doing here. The downside is, and this isn't going to happen every single time, but Joey does that. Then Pitts gets put in the back. And mm-hmm. as a lot of people said this week across several different races, you're back there with the squirrels. And, yeah. <laughs> um, and unfortunately he got, he got bit here and it was, I, I've talked to you about the situation where Joey's tires are down. I think he hit the wall a little bit. He's stranded mm-hmm. out there. A lot of people are giving him flack for, you know, having a meltdown in the car, but man, just think about it on yourself. Like, especially if maybe that car before the damage it gets from being towed, um, maybe it could have finished the race. Like God, it has just has to be so incredibly frustrating, especially when you just had a car that was leading the race. Um, to just get immediately taken out, you know, moments later. So I'll, I'll give Joey a pass on this one. There's plenty yeah. of other reasons to to be hard <laughs> on the guy. Uh, I won't for for this because you're just out there in the middle of the desert, basically trying to get mm-hmm. some help. And uh, unfortunately, the rescuers don't really know what to do with you. Yeah, the the you know he he mentioned it afterward about why don't they just bring some tires out there? Um, there's got to be a better way because the way they hook those cars up, they just drag them. And they just just ruin the back end, the diffuser, and everything else when they do it. So yeah. well, they tried something different this time. They actually lifted the back end of his car up. Yeah, it's true. They were and, doing and towed him before. this time. So it's like I think they're actually trying to save the diffuser, but then his front tires just started to come apart, and that whole front end of the car was destroyed. So it was, it's just bouncing. It's like, man, yeah. it's like I guess it'd be better just to scrape the diffuser off than it would be to for the other go the the opposite direction. So I don't I don't know what the solution is. We've kind of gone back and forth on that but maybe they can figure something out uh so we get to the next uh, ryan's up to fourth at this point uh 24 leading they of course stay out here uh 24 takes top ryan takes the bottom ends up in row two here we restart lap 42 and then we get a caution for the three car in one um and ryan says the 54 should be penalized for laying back on the restart so you know just like we talked earlier about these restarts the 54 he, he was he was laying back instead of getting up there and pushing and these guys trying to get their own runs together you know trying to get somebody to push them and then maybe they get underneath you and then you know cause all these problems and then it's the it's the one thing nascar is trying to you know they want a whole train going down there they don't want guys separating and spreading out to six wide but um 24 still leading here ryan's in fourth there are once again they're staying out um <clears throat> 24 takes the top. Ryan takes the top row three this time, and he's behind the 24 and the four, and the restart lap 46. Then we had a caution for the five car. Ryan ends up fifth during this, and the 20 was pushing in turn one. And um, <laughs> Ryan says here, he says, you got to let him go sooner or later there, Seabell. And Josh says, no, he did once he saw the door number. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and I think uh, obviously that's funny, <laughs> uh, but I think Christopher, you know, acknowledged that uh, I think I pushed him a little too long. Yeah. So, and it, if you see the the replay they showed on TV as this was happening, literally it was from an in car camera, and that's what it was. It was the five spinning sideways, and then I don't know which in car it was. Somebody either to the right of Seabell, it was somebody to the right of Seabell because they showed Seabell hitting him in the corner, and and then sure enough the fives turning sideways and then all you see is the door 
and then Seabell does, he kind of slows down and goes inside of him. But uh, yeah, I, I just thought it was a great, great uh, little conversation there. Um, the four car ends, uh, four car ends up pitting Ryan, uh, Jonathan has Ryan stay out here. So he gets up to P3 here, um, the 24, the 20, then the 12. Um, 24 takes top, Ryan takes uh, top with the 54 behind him here. Uh, they restart lap 51, and, uh, the, and the 54 does a much better job. <laughs> um, and I wrote in the notes here, we made it through turn one. That's the, that's the goal. Yeah. <laughs> How many cautions in a row there? And it was all in turn one. Um, so lap 55, we're up to P2 here. We're about a half second back. And lap 60, it's about seven tenths back. And Ryan's talking about being a little bit tight here. Lap 66, um, Jonathan says, uh, we'll be able to uh, run this pretty long uh, if you can, uh, if you think you can hang on, basically. And I, I think the answer was affirmative. Um, so lap 70, uh, Josh kind of points out there's some cloud cover coming a little bit, which may help with the grip. Um, we're 1.98 back of the 24. And the 54 and third is a little over a second behind Ryan. So uh, lap 73, we start some green flag pitting. And at lap 80, Ryan does pit, um, small wedge adjustment. They're going on the, on the Jack. And I put fuel in parentheses, uh, cause they're not dropping the Jack till they got enough fuel. Basically, uh, they merge back into some traffic here at lap 84. He passes the 38 into 16th lap 85. Um, Jonathan tells him, hold your position, save your stuff. So in other words, it kind of got into, into an area here where like, you really can't catch the guy in front of you and. Unless the guy behind you is really trying to do something, you can pretty much hold him off. Uh, they're up to P12. Uh, some cars still need to pit at this point. Uh, lap 86, he passes the 14, gets to 11th. Ryan says, uh, we're pretty loose right now. hope it gets better with the like the, the, the heat cycle, the tires here. Uh, the five is leading. Um, Ryan says he's kind of sideways in three. At lap 90, the 54 does pass Ryan. Ryan's back to 12th here. At lap 91, some of the other ones pit start to do their pitting. Ryan's up to 10th at lap 92. Ryan's up to eighth. And we get a caution for the 20 spinning in two. Um, and they, they hold off any restarts. Uh, we get to lap 95 and the five wins the stage and Ryan ends up eighth here and gets stage points. Um, which considering so, the strategy, that's actually good because there wasn't really mm-hmm. a guarantee that they'd actually get any points the rest of the way until the end. So that right. worked out. Okay. That worked out pretty good, and uh, we're staying out because we just pitted before the end of the stage here. Um, after these pit stops, Ryan cycles up to third. So once again, the strategies work perfect. We're up near the front now. It's the 24, the 54, the 12. Uh, the 11 is the first car off pit road, and he's 16th. And um, let's get to the next page here. And uh, the 24 takes the uh, top, and Ryan takes the bottom and is in row one. Uh <laughs> And he said, thank you, uh, with the 19 behind him pushing, which is a great guy to have push you, uh, restarting at lap 100, the 19 within the lap pushes Ryan to the lead and we lead a lap or two. And then the radio is just a little helter skelter all of a sudden. Cause Ryan thinks he's blowing up. Um, and I have written here, just drop it like a stone because they, they dropped a cylinder. They're running. It's, running hel- it's helpless. Yeah. Um, we get, uh, about eight miles an hour slower. And, uh, I was commenting actually with, with, uh, with Jonathan on this, this week, uh, they did a great job. Josh did a great job 
believe it or not, with Ryan, um, keeping him from getting run over. This is a situation where he's all the way at the front and people are going to pass him now. They're going to because he's, he's you know, down a cylinder. And he, and he doesn't want to just pull over because no. there's, I mean, these cars can be finicky sometimes. They flip a switch and it can come mm-hmm. back on. So he doesn't want to lose all his track position. So he's trying his best to just kind of fall through the field. And, man, it's worth yeah. mentioning the fact that he started on the inside for that restart and took the lead. Mm-hmm. Um, that I mean, obviously, the push from the 19 helped a lot, but that tells you what... But it's like, man, the car like peaked. It was like mm-hmm. so good. And then mm-hmm. it just then it just gave up like mm-hmm. minutes after he, you know, he takes or seconds after he he yeah. takes the lead. And like yeah, you said, looked... the strategy worked out perfectly. They got got them the track position they needed. They just scored some stage points off it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's like I said, helpless was the only the only thing. And I and as I just said, I was hoping that oh, maybe if he flips a couple switches something mm-hmm. maybe if they can get to pit road it's it's a wire and yeah um it takes um this all happens on like lap 102 and he led i think two laps at that point um then you get the caution at lap 107 for the three car and the 45 car um and they do talk on the radio at this point jonathan has him there's a diagnostic thing on the digital digital dashboard and he has him flip it over and there's something they can read on there and it says valve train and it says he tells ryan there's really nothing we can do about it it's just going to be that way the rest of the race ryan makes a comment uh to the effect of why couldn't this happen next week next week at richmond and that's not because he hates richmond but richmond is a track that you could run a cylinder short and probably still be competitive especially with all the shifting that these guys are going to do at richmond um so (laughs) Yeah, it just it's just really just a really bad situation for the rest of the race for for Ryan. But um, the the three car and the forty five end up in a little tussle here uh, to cause this caution. And um, he, one guy says it was the other guy, and the other guy says I don't know about that. <laughs> and uh, I I don't think the forty five actually did it on purpose, or did, I think the three man he held his lane, actually, he held his line. I should yeah. say I don't. Yeah, I think the three car caused his own accident, and yet he blew up on the radio. The you're saying that maybe uh, I think RC, uh, yeah, yeah, I think he encouraged him a little bit too much. And man, those helmets are expensive. And uh, yeah. <laughs> man, yeah, a few thousand, especially <laughs> if he had a fancy paint, you know, because it's not mm-hmm. just your your typical blank bell helmet or something like uh-uh. starts that way, and then they send it off to a painter usually who does some custom graphics and um that one might not be coming back to the track and uh, the, you know, the penalty report came out. Well, the lack of a penalty report basically came out this week, which we can talk about maybe toward the end. Um, but uh, no, no fines or, or anything. I'm guessing he probably got a phone call mm, that, uh, yeah. but that's about it. So no phone call, but he chucked his helmet. Uh, I kind of was joking to myself, the fact that I was like, Oh, he tried to bounce pass. He tried to bounce pass, pass it to the to Jordan car, but it didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> it went out of bounds. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> unfortunate, unfortunate for him that, uh, that, you know, he chucks his helmet and it doesn't actually make any contact. So it would have been interesting to see what NASCAR does. If it does make contact now with the old car, there could have been a chance of it making a dent. The new mm-hmm. car, it's just going to bounce off anyway. So, well, off the side, but I, the, the the front of a car would have been interesting too because if you, what if you hit that? You know, even at the speed, yeah, of, the other uh, cars you know, were lucky; they missed it yeah, too, for sure. Yeah, what if they would have hit that? You know, 
when it went up into the air and who knows what and where and maybe damage the radiator or something if you hit it just right i don't know um they do pit a couple times during all this to 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 give them adjustments and to try to you know they open up the hood at, you know at one point to try and look in there but um but we're all the way back to 30th now and the restart lap 119 with the or i'm sorry 111 with the 19 leading um lap one 13 Jonathan uh Josh tells him the 15 to 38 are for positions ahead of him but Ryan's 31st and he's running like 55 second laps so you know about two seconds off the pace and you know um, you know what's interesting we, in this is the fact that the rest of the way basically even though there is kind of a highlight at one point um that it shows you how underpowered engine wise some of the back marker cars are like Ryan was kind of able to keep up with the pack and he was racing around like the 78 and stuff who have a motor that's functioning properly, but, you know, might be a third tier motor from, you know, Hendrick or whoever they, they get their motors from. And it's just like, man, it's like those guys really don't have a shot at all. Mm -mm. You know, Mm -mm. even if they had the most amazing setup of all time, they're so underpowered that, you know, a a driver in a Penske car with a valve train issue is able to keep up with you. yeah so it's just it's kind of a little bit more eye-opening to like you know the how how under power some of those guys are even though all the cars are identical parts wise now it's still that engine's still going to be a a critical factor in whether you can run mid-pack or up front um lap 120 they just start doing some pit stops here because this will be like the final pit stop for a lot of guys uh but lap 131 ryan's up to in the top nine because they haven't pitted yet so penske um, had some fun about him re-entering the top 10 top and this 10, is yeah, when like, um i think i made a tweet too about like you know you know where's the rainstorm now can you imagine that if that actually happened yeah like if, it, if it rains they'll tell you shouldn't even got a top 10 out of it yeah yes um i got the five cars should be the leader after they all pit here at lap 132 um you know, the 5, 11, 19, he lets them pass. So he's back to 12th. Um, lap 139, the 7 actually takes the lead here. Ryan's up to 18th um, with the 5 car in P5 now. So there's about 4 or 5 cars that still need to pit, and then that'll put the 5 back at the lead here. Lap 140, Jonathan tells Ryan he's about 10 away. Um, at lap 141, we get caution for the 14 in turn 3. And um, so Ryan does pit. Um uh, he was all the way back to 23rd and they drop back to keep, uh, see, you know, keep something from happening on the restart. So even though they're 23rd, uh, he just, uh, just drops back to the back and lets other guys ahead. Cause he just knows that even up there, he could cause a problem, you know, not being as fast as everybody. Um, the restart lap 147 with the five leading Ryan's in 30th here, but a caution at lap 149 for the 48 car in turn three. Uh, I don't know if the 11 helped him or not there. He never touched uh, him. That's what uh, he'll say. It's, it's very accurate. He never made any contact, but he yeah. packed a whole heck of a lot of air on the guy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so they're staying out here. Um, <laughs> Ryan asks Josh about the three and the 45 accident. Um, uh, and then they talk about how they're surprised nobody's wrecked up front yet. And <laughs> Josh says, hey, um, they they are they're they're just trying to just give them give them a little bit give them a chance give them a little bit of time here they they'll take care of it <laughs> and um 
I can see why Ryan asked about the three, and I've mentioned this in the Discord during the race, that on any big crashes, Ryan is usually pretty quick to ask about how the drivers are, and I think he's just, you know, he can see this stuff happening. But, yeah, we didn't mention it. You know, we made a little poked a little fun at Austin, but that was a vicious hit. Mm -hmm. I mean, they they are going fast at Pocono. Maybe not as fast as they used to. They're still going extremely fast, and, man, he took a huge, huge hit, so – um, so far, it seems like he's he's doing okay, but I can I can see why Ryan was interested to know what what went on with that incident. Yeah, we restart lap one fifty four here. Uh, we get a caution in turn two for the thirty one. Um, and the five comes around and pushes the eleven into the wall at the start finish line during this caution. Uh, so they were a little mad at each other there to begin with here. Um. And we get the restart at lap uh, 157 with the 11 leading. And, um, uh, yeah, this at the end here. Well, actually, so the previous. Yeah, it actually happened on that restart. Yeah. yeah, On that restart, lap 154. Why the five? Yeah, because this is the controversy of the week. Uh, It's on all the the podcasts. It's almost uh, an exact replay of what happened at Pocono last year with between the 11 and the one. Though people kind Mm -hmm. of cheered him for that because of who the the driver on the outside was but um i i don't even know if i want to bring it up but there's a lot of uh new fans of the five that i say are very vocal and and can mm-hmm. be angry sometimes uh so uh, i'm not surprised at the 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 reaction at the end of the race what ultimately happens here but you know i said replay of what happened last year between the 11 and another car he kind of said the same thing um you know i ran him wide but i left him a lane you know, it's up yeah. to them to lift or run into the wall. And, it, and that's the kind of the rub a lot of people have. Like, well, is that really racing where you're basically saying you've 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 forced a guy who is racing you side by side to make a decision of whether they should crash or not? So is that <laughs> that's the big thing. So you is that racing or is that is that driving dirty? You know, I, I listened to act, the actions uh, detrimental podcast um, before we recorded this and as much as he makes excuses for the fact that um, he says he didn't hit him. The one thing he kept saying is I couldn't see him. Mm. So, okay. You're saying you didn't hit him, but you're taking somebody's word on that. Maybe your crew chief said you didn't hit him. Yeah. But when he kept saying, when he kept saying, I couldn't see him. I, that's totally understandable. When you watch an in-car camera view of these things, um, the, the area that the, what they can see in front of them, behind them with the camera, with the, the spotter, the spotter is the only guy who lets you know when somebody's beside you and where they're at beside you. And there's certain terminology they have for that. So he's not lying when he said he couldn't see him. Did his spotter say he was clear or something? Because that's the guy who's got to say, you know, he's at your door. He's even. And actually, he was even at the point that they that they bumped into each other. So, uh, you know, he can say all he wants that he didn't hit him and there was no damage, or he didn't see a scratch or whatever. But that ele- uh, that five car moved to the right into the wall for a reason. Um, he knew what he was doing. How much? Yeah, he knew what he was doing. So, just own it. I think Kyle Petty yeah. said it on yeah. the post race show. He said it today on a, an interview on the radio, just, just own it. And I, I agree. If you're going to do yeah. that, there's so many reasons he could have said, you know, pressure was on. It's my 50th victory. Um, I got my first win at Pocono. My, you know, it would be so special to get it there. 600th win for, 
for um Toyota as a whole. Like there's so many reasons why he could, you know, use as not kind of as an excuse for racing oh you overly aggressive. And instead he's just like, I don't know. I don't think I hit him. I left him a lane open, just like yeah. I did last year. I left him a lane open. It's up to them to be yeah, able to stay there. Off. But yeah. um yeah, I don't know. A lot of people call him a hypocrite. I I I would agree just because it's it's kind of that practice what you preach thing. He's when he first got his podcast, he talked about how there's a lack of respect out in the in the field. You know, he gets in that incident with Bowman at I think it was Martinsville where uh, Bowman pushes him up high and kind of into the wall to win a race mm-hmm. and he yeah. interrupts his victory celebration and calls him a hack and makes his charity a whole bunch of money off of t-shirt sales. And um, so it's just, yeah, it, it's true. Practice what you preach. And if not, just own it, man. Like, I, I don't know. Yeah. And it, I tell you, um, we're not finished yet, but it's, it's, it was kind of funny that the the week that Pocono debuts their new victory lane, that's in, in the middle of the fan zone, you have a, not very fan friendly uh winner at the end of this thing and they stuck around during a celebration to to voice those opinions. Yeah, so we get um we get to lap uh, 157 here for the, the last restart here with the 11 leading and the lap 158 the 41 spins in two. And I wrote down no caution question mark and more controversy. Ask, <laughs> yeah, this is this is the one that irks me the most because I'm watching this and I'm going, he he's down. Okay. He went down on the, uh, the inside there, but he's not off the track. Oh, wait a minute. He started. Oh, wait a minute. He didn't start during all this. Any other track, um, they throw the, they throw the caution before they come around, but this one here, it seemed like they waited and waited and waited. Oh no, we're on the white flag. Now let's throw the caution. So we don't have to have another green, white checker finish. So, and there's two days of this in a row. Um, not the same situation, but in the Xfinity series race, a bumper cover went flying off on the front stretch and lands there and sits there. And they, they basically were f- doing the same thing. They held the, the yellow. They didn't throw it. They kept waiting and waiting and waiting. And then finally threw the, the, the caution, like the, like they didn't have a choice, but I think the Xfinity, I think somebody crashed. So um, they didn't, that kind of saved themselves, I guess, from having the field come around and hitting that bumper cover and who knows where it could have flown up into the air. So it's kind of two straight days of officiating. That was kind of shaky. I mentioned to you that um, Todd Gordon, uh, Ryan's former crew chief who has a radio show now mentioned that he believed that he saw the caution lights flash very briefly, Mm -hmm. Um, but they didn't, you know, they turned them off immediately and then held the flag. So, uh man, I between yeah. um the results of the race and that call, the the grant that packed yeah. sold out grandstand the, was wasn't happy. The Xfinity, um, they did call a caution for something else. So yeah, so it was something kind of, else. Yep. Something else happened and it, it kind of backed them off. And it's like it, it gave them the you know, okay, so we couldn't not call this one because of this caution. But yep. they were really they were waiting till turn three in the Xfinity race, then they were gonna call the caution. It's like what do you guys yeah. do? Just, just call initially. The it's, it's initially, they the told the spotters. Yeah, initially, I guess they told the spotters they were going to race we, to the finish. We and then after it. the race, they said, "No, nah, we're only going to go to let them go to turn three. And it's like, uh, yeah, yeah. But um, on Sunday, the he was he had spun out and he was 
dead in the water. And even if he moved a little bit, he was dead in the water. Them guys come around too. And another guy comes in and plows into him sideways. Cause he gets, you know, bumps through that turn and, and, and loses it. You know, just call the caution. Let's have it. Let's re-rack them. Let's do it again. We love the drama, obviously. Right. I mean, that's what was weird about the decision is that NASCAR is actually known for being trigger happy on cautions and wanting yeah. that drama mm-hmm. of overtime finishes. So it was yeah, odd that they, at the opportunity, I mean, think back to Ryan, uh, his all-star race win where he's like yeah. a foot away from hitting the checkered yeah. flat and they, yeah. they throw a caution. So it's throw like, man, why, um, I'm surprised they didn't do it sooner because oh, here's our opportunity. One more restart, maybe Hamlin. I mean, they're not thinking that, but you know, maybe somebody else wins beside Hamlin or something like yeah. it's weird that they actually made the opposite call Yeah. when it, in other instances, it's funny because in other instances, fans are like, Oh, why didn't, why didn't they just let it? end? why didn't they just let that race end? they they just wanted to re-rack them. They wanted to do that. Yeah. So that's how fans are. But this one yeah. really was an opportunity here. And I understand I it's that. a really big track and they thought maybe yeah. kind of like a road course, like maybe we'll wait and see if the guy gets going or not, but uh, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, the 11 wins, Ryan is up 30th, um, watching the in-car camera of Ryan, like I do all race long. And as they, even as they pull in the pits, I like to watch because they see who comes over to the car and such and such, but a couple cars in front of Ryan, I see somebody running up to a window and going nuts. And I couldn't tell what car. And I hurry up and try and change the car view to somebody who finished in front of Ryan. And I still couldn't figure it out. I'm looking at different crew guys that got over there to break it up. And, uh, of course my wife right away on Twitter, but it takes some good 10, 15 minutes for somebody to report it. It was Ryan priest. He had run over to the seven car of LaJoy. And uh, I guess stacking pennies will be really interesting to listen to this week because yeah, Priest went in there. Priest went in there. Great week for throwing, podcasts. Yeah. Priest went in there and started throwing hands. And um, I think I think it had to deal with the spin out. I think um, uh, LaJoy caused him to spin out. I think something happened between the two of them in turn two. So, um, yeah, that was pretty crazy because you would think there would have been more drama between the five and the 11. Uh, the post-race interviews were uh, you know, of course, Denny won, so he don't care who boos him. He's starting to get to, he's starting to like that kind of thing. Uh, people are flipping him double birds and, and he took a picture <laughs> at some point and said something about, Oh, look at all the 11s, you know, uh, Kim Kuhn, uh, it was mentioned a couple of different podcasts did a fabulous job asking questions of uh, Kyle Larson. And by the third question, she kind of got the egg to crack finally and get him to say how he really feels. Um, cause Kyle's very good at answering questions and not saying everything you know that's on his mind um but she got him to at least finally say some things that uh, have how he actually feels about what happened to him so um i think this is gonna even though they're friends i don't think they're gonna be friends much longer it seems like the way the the high road that uh denny has taken is kind of um ticked larson off a little bit and uh who knows what happens at richmond this week got a lot of things at richmond that could happen this week a lot of people be looking for each other yeah. So from what I understand, obviously you, we've, I think we both listened to actions detrimental. So Denny talks about it. Uh, Larson actually has like his own podcast that talks a lot about dirt racing, but it's called the high limit room or something like that. I guess he again addresses it on there. Um, Corey LaJoy obviously has stacking pennies. So I'm sure he's going to talk about this incident with priest. I didn't really see a clear replay of what happened there, but I've heard some people, some spotters and stuff say that, um, 
LaJoy was like went way down to the bottom of the track and then shot way back up the track and took the took him out. I think someone had also said Corey mentioned after the race that you know Ryan didn't know that they were actually three wide and probably needs to watch the replay, something like that. So I'm sure Corey's pretty good about going through uh through what uh what happened on the track. So we'll we'll have to mm-hmm. see. So there's like at least three podcasts there that you might want to listen to if you're really interested <laughs> yeah. in the drama that happened over the weekend for sure. So um, unfortunately, as you said, 30th place finish for this 12 team, though, uh, it's definitely promising the fact that they came to the track and after just one adjustment had a ton of speed strategy worked out perfectly. They drove to the front, drove to the lead, and that's when the car's engine kind of went south. But, um, the unfortunate part about all of this is the fact that in the last, uh, three weeks, at least, you know, we, they've kind of tumbled down the standings. Uh, a little bit. So now Ryan in the uh, overall points sits ninth now at 120 points behind the leader. And it's a new leader again this week, uh, Martin Truex Jr. So um, I guess actually he led last week after he won as well. So, um, but mm-hmm. still prior to this, a couple races ago, Ryan was just 75 points back and then he went to 85. Then he earned those points back again. And then now he's at with this finish, unfortunately, and, you know, just picking up a couple of stage points because of the strategy, 120 points back the lead. And mm-hmm. um, it's a little bit frustrating or I don't know, disheartening because it's, you know, they win the Coca-Cola 600. They uh, take charge of the Cup Series point standings. They are in the lead. We're thinking they're going to win this. They have a great shot to win this regular season championship. And just, you know, they have a couple good finishes since then but they've had a lot of unfortunate uh, incidents that have happened. And, you know, this one seems to be out of, out of their control. So um, the, the, yeah. plus side, they got the win in the bank. So yeah, they got the win in the bank. And, um, you know, the key, you know, you're going to be part of the 16 and the key is between now and the end of the 16 stage to getting to the 12, you know, um, improving, improving certain things, improving speed, speed is, is there in certain, certain situations. Strategy is definitely there in, in all the situations. Um, and the thing is, there's six, what, six weeks left of the regular season. Um, let's get a couple more stage points if we can and see if we can get another W, uh, two years ago, um, Ryan wins Atlanta and goes all summer with really nothing going on. Knew, knew they were in the playoffs and then wins the last two races before the playoffs, you know, wins Michigan and wins uh, Daytona. So, um, you know, there's some, you know, some opportunities in the next six weeks to win races and get stage points. And you just got to accumulate those things because once the playoffs start, you reset all the points based on, you know, you based on your, your, your playoff points too. So, um, you know, having a win, having what was it, three three stages, you know, they're they're gonna have eight points to start around. So let's see if we can get to 10 points or get it to 13 points. Uh, you know, so when you're starting those rounds, you're starting off a, a little better than everybody else, you know. Um, that's all the next couple weeks are are about fine-tuning some things. Um, hopefully, like I said, hopefully Ryan Flores gets back and healthy. Um, but you know, hopefully before the playoffs, if if possible. I don't know what kind of healing time that kind of thing takes. Uh, you know, like I said, uh you know, today's day and age, it might not be as bad because they might've went in with Arthur Scott or whatever, but, um, yeah, I just hope he's going to be okay and healthy and uh, ready to go soon because, uh, we're going to need every man, all hands on deck, ready to go come playoff time. Absolutely. So to wrap up our discussion of Pocono, why don't we jump over and see what happened in the team Blaney NASCAR fantasy live league. And for once 
For oh, once, wow. I'm oh, yes. excited. I'm yes. excited to talk about the results this week. And it's kind of funny. I had a really good week uh, fantasy-wise, but it wasn't like a, a huge um, a huge points day. Like it, it's got, I'm, I'm kind of shocked the fact that I actually snuck into the top 10 in points earned at Pocono uh, with kind of a, a decent total here. I've seen some bigger weeks from people. So uh, I'm going to go through my starting lineup here. Uh, Kyle Larson, 27 points. Kevin Harvick. 33 points. I know we didn't really mention it in the recap, but I was kind of, I was kind of pulling for Harvick there. Harvick had a pretty decent shot to win that race. So just didn't yeah. really get the opportunity. Didn't get that final lap to see how things could shake out, but um, really good day for the four teams. So 33 points from him. I uh, have Martin Truex Jr. 44 points, Denny Hamlin, the winner, 55 points, Ty Gibbs, who's kind of silently been having a pretty decent rookie campaign, you know, finishing the top 15. He's actually trending a little bit, uh, more into the top 10 recently. So Ty Gibbs got me 36 points. And um, one thing, this wasn't really a big swing here, but I actually had started Christopher Bell and I believe I had Truex in the garage. So I swapped those right before the end of stage two, put Bell in the garage. So I left 31 points there, but you know, really it wasn't that bad. Larson was running really well prior to that. So um, Larson did only get me 27 and I left Bell in at 31, but it was too late to make that. So, um, and I thought maybe the reason why I did so well was I like, you know, cleaned house on the featured matchups, but that's actually not true. Uh, I picked Harvick over Bubba, and that was correct. I picked Bell over Chastain, that was correct. Uh, but then I picked Suarez over Bowman, that was wrong. And I picked Blaney uh, over Kislowski, and that was wrong. So I actually only got two of the four in the featured matchups, but still ended up earning 215 total points at Pocono, which was good enough for uh, the 10th position. So what did your roster look like? I think you ended up in uh, like around 37th, 38th or so in points earned. So you might have struggled a little bit. Yeah, I'm trying to pull it up here, trying to find it. Um, <laughs> my online here. Let me. I know that I had um, I had actually taken Logano and moved him to the garage at the right point in time. <laughs> Thankfully, <laughs> um, let's see where there's a fantasy here, and uh, it's already looked like it's looking forward in the in the. Oh, I can see here. I yeah. can see what you had. So you started Kevin Harvick got you 33 points. You had Bell 31, Keselowski 21. Truex 44 and Ty Gibbs got you 36. Yes. You yeah. did swap Logano into the garage, which was good because he only got you 12. He would have only gotten you 12 points in your featured matchups. You picked Harvick over Wallace. That was right. You picked Bell over Chastain. That was right. Um, and then you did the same as I did. You picked Suarez over Bowman and Blaney over Keselowski, and both of those were wrong. So you ended up with 185 total points and 37th on the day when it comes to points earned. So that's where you were. And we'll go now and we'll recap the top 10 in points earned to Pocono Raceway. And even though I've already said it a multiple times, still in the 10th position, Team Blaney host Adam with 215 points. That's my team, 215 points earned in 10th. We have a tie here for eighth with JD Racing and Go 12 Go with 218 points. In seventh, it's Christian Dana, 220 points. In six, we have Alyssa C with 223. Fifth, Factory of Sadness 6 with 224 points earned. And fourth, Blaney or Bust with 228. And second, we have a tie between Rochi 12 and Fike 21 with 238 points. And the the old champ here, Clyde's Chicken Pit Racing, uh, ekes out a victory here by just two points with 240 points earned. So Clyde's Chicken Pit Racing, a two-time champion in the Team Blaney NASCAR Fantasy Live League, 
wins the weekend at Pocono Raceway. But let's take a look now at the overall standings in the league. And unfortunately, I'm still mired in the back here. I think I might have moved up a position or two, but in the 37th overall position with 3,732 points. And um, man, I'm sorry for you, Steve. You've fallen again. Yeah, a little bit further out of the top 10. You're now in a tie for 15th with Moose Hunter 1960 at 3,922 points. But here, let's take a look at the top 10 right now in the overall standings in the league. We have Fike 12 has moved into the top 10 with 3,950 points. In ninth is Alyssa C with 4,014. In eighth is Blaring Idiots with 4,018. In seventh is Go Larson. I'm sure they're excited about this week, 4,023. In sixth, we have Eric D15, 4,026. In fifth, we have Penske Fan 24 at 4,028. In fourth, we have No Hesitation, 4,037. In third, Blaney's Daisy, 4,066. Second, Christian Dana, who has been the model of consistency, I think, all year long, 4,087. And rounding out in the first position, Factory of Sadness 6 is leading the way in the team playing NASCAR Fantasy Live League overall standings with 4,173 points. And that brings us to richmond raceway we're going richmond. short track ish yeah. racing this weekend at richmond and i'll run through here yeah. nascar on tv report here uh friday actually is i believe when xfinity and trucks have some practice and qualifying going on but on saturday 12 30 p.m eastern time the nascar cup series practice and qualifying at richmond you can catch that on usa again that's 12 30 p.m eastern 3 p.m eastern time you have the xfinity series Road America 180. So keep in mind that they are up there uh, in Wisconsin. So that's the only standalone race that they're having out there at Road America since they took the cup race and they sent it over to Chicago. Um, One kind of quirky thing that's going to happen in the Xfinity Series race, Steve, is that, you know, how we've been running the road courses without stage breaks. That's not going to happen in this week's race in the Xfinity Series. They're actually going to have stage breaks because they're going to run the race without live pit stops. Pit stops, yeah. So. So, yeah. um, sorry, Steve, if you, you have to suffer through that one with some stage breaks, it's going to mess with their strategies a little bit. Um, but then 7.30 p.m. Eastern time, if you haven't had enough NASCAR racing yet on Saturday, the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series back at Richmond Raceway for the Worldwide Express 250. And then on Sunday, 3 p.m. Eastern time, July 30th, the NASCAR Cup Series Cookout 400 at Richmond. You can catch that on the USA Network. Um now, the first couple seasons of the podcast, when we got to Richmond, it was always a little bit apprehension, a little bit anxiety, a little bit unknown about what Ryan was going to do. But luckily, back there in 2021, they turned things around and uh, he finished 11th and 10th. And that was a, definitely a turning point for Ryan when it comes to this racetrack. He has 14 starts at Richmond, three top 10s, and this is why there was some anxiety here. An average finish of 20.5. Average start of 12.6, which isn't too bad. But as I said, going back to 2021 here, 11th, 10th, 7th, 10th, and then 26th happened earlier this year. Uh, it's worth noting that they had some some struggles here with execution in this race in the spring. Ryan actually sped, got a speeding penalty on pit road early in the race, had to drive back up through the field, which he did. And then later on in the race, they had a, a another pit road penalty that involved the pit crew. I believe it had something to do with an, an equipment violation. I don't know if they had a wheel go loose. I don't think he ran over anything or he, he did. He 
did he go out of the stop with the the jack or the the gas can? I feel um, like it was something like that. Like they the they might wedge. have removed this might have been a, the wedge. Oh, the, the the wrench. Okay, yes. So yeah, so that's um, the wrench. Um, so that where did that they start actually, the race? Um, this, this, they started uh, in seventeenth, so it actually wasn't that that necessarily that great so, of a starting position. So, um, yeah. but he did get a pole there in twenty twenty two, and he started tenth in the right. the fall race of twenty twenty two. So yeah, they, that's going to say because since the new car, that's why I was wanted to ask you because uh, statistics are great and and you do a great job with them, but sometimes this new car, the last two years is like the only real sample size because it's different. You know, the setup's a little bit different. So yeah. the pole, the pole is amazing. Um, I, I was surprised the 17th was, was actually one of them too. Yeah. Right? So yeah. First 10th, 17th are his three starts in the next gen car, seventh, 10th and 26. So, uh, with that, so that, that penalty that happened with the wedge, wedge rents left in the window there was actually under green flag conditions. So he lost two laps by having mm-hmm. to come in and serve that penalty. They were only able to make one of those laps back up. So he finished a lap down in 26 after having a pretty strong car throughout the day. So we know they have the speed at Richmond in this new car. Mm-hmm. It seems like he's figured something out with even the line. I know you said the car, you know, he did, he did kind of turn the corner in the previous generation car. I think a lot of that actually did have to do with the racing line that he was, that he was running. So mm-hmm. um, he has some things figured out. So I, I did see some, you know, some chatter on social media, you know, after, oh man, you know, we have this engine issue and now we're going to Richmond. It's like, well, folks, things are actually trending a lot better at Richmond mm-hmm. as long as they can yeah. get the execution thing ironed out when yeah. They, yeah. they go to Virginia this week. It'll be a lot of strategy too, with, you know, uh, tires versus, you know, how many, how many stops you're taking in the run. Um, actually <laughs> just as interesting it'll be Monday too, because they're going to do a tire test on Monday or, and they're going to do not tire test. There's a, a short track testing. They're going to do there Monday. Um, but uh, something they won't be implementing for probably another year. But um, yeah, th- this should be a great weekend to see what happens. Practice once again, same thing with practice to see what happens in practice, what kind of adjustments they come out with right off the bat. Do they unload just fast right off the bat? Do they adjust something like they did last week? Um, Getting get my anxiety up a little bit, uh, but, <laughs> but um, you know, it's going to be kind of fun to watch is, uh, you know, once you get to the start of the race, I, I think that this next gen car races better than the, than the previous generation car there did. So oh, absolutely. There, At yeah, least as far as excitement and drama goes, it's been much right. better there. Yeah. I mean, we went to a Richmond race a couple of years ago and it, you know, after a restart, it was single file and nobody could pass anybody. Um, last, uh, the last three races since the next gen has been there, we've seen some actual passing, um, guys got too wide guys actually ran a high lane and got by people on different occasions there. So, um, yeah, this should be a fun one to watch Sunday afternoon. I can't wait to see what, uh, what team 12 brings to the table. Yeah. I think, uh, from what I remember from our, our recap episode after the spring race, I said, you know, despite the the struggles that the 12 team had in the race itself, I think I said to you, I think Richmond is back on the list of tracks i know the both of us we've been trying to get to new tracks this year specifically so in 2024 richmond unless this race just totally stinks but (laughs) 2024 richmond it might be one of those those new tracks we want to target to get to i know you've already been there but um it's not on our list just yet so again if you want to tune into this race the nascar cup series cookout 400 at richmond raceway you can catch that 3 p.m eastern time if you 
If the race isn't just enough, you can also tune into practice and qualifying on 12.30 p.m. Eastern time on Saturday and see how things are going to shake out and set up and uh, see where Ryan Blaney is going to start this race at Richmond. Um, check, out the, other- check, out, check out the new body armor paint scheme. That's true. Yeah, that's true. It's a body armor week. Um, Obviously, that last paint scheme, the last time you ran a body armor paint scheme was at the Coca-Cola 600. It was that sweet cherry lime scheme, and they ended up in victory lane. Um, This scheme looks a lot similar to what they ran earlier in the year or last year, Um, but it's just a little bit tweaked. It's still white Mm -hmm. and red and yellow. Uh, but they've added a lot more yellow lines and accents to the sides of this car. So um, I'm sure within the next day or two, we'll we'll go ahead and share on social media the um, paint scheme preview that Penske puts out. And sometimes they're pretty good about even putting a little video out or some photos of the car too. So um, always love a body armor week. They've had some great body armor schemes this year between the cherry lime and the water and now an upgrade to kind of this, this standard scheme. It's going to be something to look for at Richmond and Hey, um, who says uh, we can't put body armor in victory lane for, I believe, a third time uh, or fourth time, actually. I think it, Atlanta, Daytona, the Coca-Cola 600, that's three. 600. So mm-hmm. we're looking for a fourth win for body armor. And I think that would be awesome to kick that off this weekend at Richmond. Two more things to mention. Um, just jumping back to Pocono briefly, saw some awesome photos from the Ryan Blaney Family Foundation because Ryan actually held an autograph session and meet and greet at the foundation's tent at Pocono Raceway. Um, lots of photos with fans, with kids, getting autographs and pictures and making some memories. And I tell you what, anytime you can get to a track and the, the, the foundation tent is there, it's a must see, a must visit. And you can get lots of cool merchandise and hats and things that you can't get anywhere else but that tent or sometimes in their online shop. And so go over there, say hi to Patty, one of our friends, and uh, Mm -hmm. uh, she'll be happy to fill you in on everything that's happening with the foundation itself. And it's been really cool this last couple of times. Uh, They were at Talladega when we were there, and they actually had to move the meet and greet because too many people were kind of going to show up for it. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. um, yeah. So if you did go to that over the weekend, uh, share those photos on social media we'll, and tag us in it, and we'll be sure to to share those out as well. One other thing to mention is the fact that Dale Blaney, Ryan's uncle, Dave's brother, Lou's son, Kate's son, went to Victory Lane for a second time this past weekend at Sharon Speedway in a 410 sprint car race. Uh, really cool to see Dale won back kind of quasi full-time again this year. I've taken a few a uh, week, a few years off. You know, he's a national sprint car hall of famer, multi-time all-star circuit of champions champion, uh, won a ton of races in his career, a ton of races at Sharon Speedway. And this one, you know, kind of a comeback year for him, picks up his second victory. And the cool stat that Sharon Speedway actually put out in their release is the fact that the Blaney brothers own four of the seven 410 sprint car wins at their home track at Sharon this year so dave picked up two earlier in the year at sharon and now dale has also matched his brother and picked up two so i'm not sure if if they're gonna both kind of key in (laughs) on the rest of the dates of the year and try to see (laughs) if uh one of the one of the other could pick up another victory and and kind of one up the next one but um really cool to see dale dale back uh back behind the wheel in that 32 barris truck service car that he's been running in uh, northeast ohio western pennsylvania area yeah, not in my house. <laughs> That's my tumble no. one said. Yeah, you know, you don't want to mess with any of the Blaney's when it comes to racing at their at their home track there at Sharon Speedway. So I think that pretty much wraps it up for this week's episode, Steve. I was I you know, I made a horrible joke on Twitter about maybe we'd run out of momentum. 
much like the car did this week. You know, I said, if you can't laugh at the situation, you'd cry. And I think we did pretty good. <laughs> you know, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not depressed at the end of this thing. I think there's lots mm-hmm. of positives to look at instead of the negatives. And we're heading over to a, a short track now that's run really well the last couple of races there. So I think there's lots of things to look forward to uh, this week at Richmond. And let's see if that 12 team can bring some speed give us something to cheer about and give us uh, a positive episode to uh, record when it comes to uh Tuesday night next week. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, definitely come out, check out the TikTok this week. I got a special one uh, lined up uh, previewing this episode actually. So, um, you know, when you see that on Wednesday morning, uh, TikTok, or Instagram, wherever, uh, make sure you come to TikTok and check out Team Blaine on TikTok. We try to put something cool out every week. And uh, I, I worked a little harder on this one. I think this one's going to be a lot of fun. Thank you, everyone, once again, for tuning into this episode of the Team Blaney Podcast. If you'd like to learn more about myself or co-host Steve Dwight Mez, just listen to our very first episode that explores our Blaney racing fandom. You can interact with us on Facebook and Twitter at Team Blaney and on Instagram, threads, and TikTok at Team Blaney. Finally, we'd like to encourage you to support the Ryan Blaney Family Foundation. Established in 2018, this organization supports causes like the Alzheimer's Association and UPMC Sports Medicine through fundraisers, events, and membership in the Blaney Bunch Fan Club. To learn more, visit RyanBlaneyFamilyFoundation.org or follow them on any of their active social media channels. So, for my co-host Steve Mez, I'm Adam Rogers. We'll catch you next time right here on the Team Blaney Podcast. Good night, Brussels. Check out the TikTok. Well, thanks everybody for coming. I hope you enjoyed it.